Welcome everyone to the most exciting electrical podcast in the world. It's uh, the Industrial Solutions Network uh, Connect Together podcast where we talk about electrical, automation, making things in manufacturing plants, process, control, all that good stuff. And uh, today we have a episode where we're going to uh, talk to a bunch of people, uh, a lot of our solution consultants that just went to uh, the TechEd conference down in San Diego. Uh, first up, though, we have uh, some live guests uh, all the way from Nebraska, <laughs> since we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we have uh, Nate Hunt, who is uh, the motion control uh, consultant who also specializes in robotics and visions. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you, Justin? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You uh, have a subject that I know nothing about because it's super complicated. Um, so friends you might... don't let friends sell motion. It's, uh, <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Uh, every time we talk about motion and uh, MCCs, all this good stuff and robotics, it's the coolest stuff we have in the in the manufacturing plants. And I know mm-hmm. nothing about it. It's so yeah. complicated. But you got to have something that knows what they're talking about. And here he is. So we'll be getting to him here uh, shortly. We also have uh, Austin uh, Schnell. Uh, who is our services consultant in newly formed program we have called AIM Services. That is correct. Excited to be here. Dude, it's good to have you here. Uh, I've known Austin for a long time. Uh, he's been doing a ton of different stuff with us. He is fantastic with services. He knows his stuff. Um, hopefully we'll get to both of them here pretty soon. But I, unfortunately, was not able to get to sunny San Diego. Uh, you guys were lucky enough to go down there. Um, oh, Nate was. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Austin. You're uh, unlucky with me. I apologize. We can be unlucky together. <laughs> I think you guys were in like 100 degree heat while we were sitting in nice 80s, and it was beautiful. Oh my was... gosh, yeah, San Diego is just beautiful all the time. It is like it's 70 to 80 80 degrees all the time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, so, well, since Nate was in San Diego, <laughs> let's start with him. Uh, <clears throat> so you're there, and so we're going to talk yeah. about what you saw there. Um, from specifically on about motion control, and you were talking to me earlier about uh, safety, and that's the biggest thing you saw there. Yeah. Is that um, what the biggest focus is of Rockwell Automation, or is that like what you think the biggest focus is for uh, just manufacturing plants? Is safety is what's you know needs to happen now? Yeah, I think that's the next tier. I think that's the next level that a lot of these manufacturing plants that they're maybe starting to integrate it into their system, um, but there's always you know uh, a little bit of pullback. There's a little bit of hold back. Um, people don't necessarily want to push towards a fully integrated safety system. I think it goes a lot towards some of those old prejudices we have, where you know, oh, the safety system is just going to slow me down, and you know, if I have to troubleshoot something, I have to shut the machine down, uh, or I have to turn, I have to bypass all that safety. And so um, one thing we see in the entire market and a lot with Rockwell specifically, and they're doing a lot of work with this, and I'm going to hopefully talk a little bit about where we see in the motion control, but how we mitigate that, how we make it easier to troubleshoot, fix the machines, um, or even just regular maintenance without having to turn down your plant so we can get increased production with, while still staying, still staying going. So, yeah. So for the customers that are going full steam ahead with creating a good integrated safety solution Mm -hmm. why are they doing it i mean you said yeah there's a lot of customers who hold off you're saying that yes you can you're trying to do this whole solution where it's a it makes sense for them like what is the thing that the customers are saying like this makes sense let's do it let's pull the trigger now so uh unfortunately uh (laughs) 
one of the big things that a lot of customers that we see that are just all of a sudden full steam ahead, the ones that decide to do it, they're not always doing it for the right reasons, unfortunately. <laughs> Sometimes know. it's, you know, it's, you know, they have an injury and all of a sudden, you know, OSHA's cracking down. Yeah, it's an OSHA recordable. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's unfortunately where, where we see a lot of the people that are full steam ahead. Where we'd like to see, where we try to help our customers is saying, hey, that, you know, that potential is always there. Um, so let's try to, to mitigate that ahead of time. And not only that, um, those that we can kind of show, hey, if you look at the top performers in your industry, almost all of them, um, that top echelon, almost all of them are going to have really advanced safety system. And it's it's because they realize that value is there that, you know, if I have to do regular maintenance on this machine and I don't have to stop it completely, all of a sudden I don't have to turn down. A lot of the times the machine has to be running for several hours or sometimes even days before it actually gets to like a golden batch, right? That best product or where you're producing the least amount of scrap. Um, so even from not having to shut down completely, uh, that can help customers produce a lot more and a lot better products. So it's the ones that see that safety uh, value to begin with, it, they they get the, the benefit as opposed to ones that are just, you know, ambulance chasers, huh. if you will. So you're saying safety can be a productivity seller. Absolutely. So yeah. that's, I mean, a lot of people can think like that. Okay. So... You're, I'm, a, I'm a customer right now. Sell it to me now. Sell. So I don't have any. Control? I don't have ocean. No, <laughs> the safety program. You know, the integrated safety program. Uh, when, then we'll get into some products and stuff. He's on tech ed. Sell it to me now. Like I'm a customer. I, I don't have OSHA in here just yet. You know, but mm-hmm. you know, who knows? It could be a, an employee in the next six months uh, that could get injured. But sell it to me now. Okay, so I'm not a salesman per se, but um, yeah, I'll see what, so. Man, I, I'd talk more on the technical things. I'm not going to... So I guess the things I'd tell you is uh, with an integrated safety system, the biggest thing um, that you're going to gain is one, like I talked about, the increased productivity, not having to turn down all the time. Um, so you get... Uh, so one of the big things, like we see if you know I have to change out a line or um, oftentimes it's just cleaning different things, whether it's cleaning a tip of something that's you know spraying something on or a blower you have to clean off or something and, or any number of things you have to do regular maintenance on all sorts of lines and that's, I come up with 100 examples and of course then you blank right now but uh, <laughs> but I think our you know our customers can definitely think of something on their line where um, if they really thought about it they there's probably a way to actually maybe slow down your production safely um, that you don't actually have to stop it completely and then you can keep that production going and that's that, I mean that's one increased dollar of production right there and two that's uh, like I mentioned before the golden batch right you're closer to that point um, and then oftentimes uh, so one of the other advantages to that sort of thing instead of shutting all the way down usually there's a process to step back up and with the integrated safety um, it can actually so within our safety controllers you can actually segment it um, in an order so like even within the motion control world there's like something called safe cams like I haven't yet to actually see someone actually need to use it but if you know there's you have an integrated motion control um, in terms of like different axes working together to um, you can actually sequence their movements in a safe manner so all their encoders are checking with one another to make sure they're still at a uh, safe position or safe speed um, sort of thing but those so one of the big things that we really focus on um, that I, I think is really valuable, um, like I talked about, you know, regular maintenance, having the production line still going, but at a safe speed. So safe limited speed is one of the big features that they just added. Um, and they had it, they used to have it on like a hardware system. So it was hardwired and it was, it was not easy to do. Um, and a lot of other companies still have that. Um, but companies across the board are moving towards being able to um, use 
make those systems easier to implement. So that's for our integrators, for our OEMs, making it so you don't have to wire up 100 different wires for one little function, right? So right now, all you have to do is plug in an Ethernet cable, and then it's just within the programming, um, which makes it extremely easy, even, especially if you have to replace a drive. Can you imagine having to rewire 100, drives, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, 100 wires just to make that thing um, run properly? And uh, then you have to worry about the, how skilled your technician is and all sorts of things like that. So there's there's a lot of room for error in those old hardwired systems. And so maybe safe limited speed isn't a new idea, new being, you know, within the last two years or so. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how old safe limited speed is. I've only been within the, within this industry probably two and a half, three years. So, um, look where you are now. Yeah, I know. Here I am on the connected together podcast. So <laughs> I've made great strides. Um, but so it's not a new idea, but the thing that new piece is the flexibility, the, uh, ability to, um, easily replace that drive plug into your ethernet and all of a sudden you can program the changes within your within your uh controller and additionally onto that flexibility piece so that's kind of the other big i'm gonna call it a selling point because you said sell it so yeah, the yeah, flexi- yeah. flexibility uh so there you go yeah the flexibility so you said i said you weren't a salesperson yeah I'm, I'm trying um so the other big thing is Within that, so for example, that safe limited speed almost, uh, and I think this is one of the things that really excites me about Rockwell's solution, is no one, to my knowledge, has the ability to um, dynamically change uh, the velocity within a safe speed. So for example, let's say you have a giant roller, um, or, or winder and unwinder, right? So as that winder is spinning, that can be quite dangerous, right? I have, I'm working on a customer right now that's an eight foot diameter roll and it's spinning. And so that speed is much different from the central rotational speed from when it's eight foot diameter to a four foot diameter to a one foot diameter, right? So that that speed can change. And so um, when you have that safe limited speed, it can tell you how fast you need that outside to go with different sensors. And I'm trying to explain myself well. It's easier with with visuals. But so let's say you're spinning eight foot diameter. Your central speed is going to be a lot slower than if you're a one foot diameter, right? Just because the outer... Your, the outer rim speed, if you will. Um, so one thing we can do is we can have sensors that say, hey, this is your diameter, and so then it calculates what your safe speed should be. And so your controller can actually change the spinning speed to keep that same speed on the outside. So that's something that no one else has. They usually have like one or two or three set speeds where it's like you can go, you know, one one revolution per minute or, you know, 20 revolutions per minute or 60, right? And so this adds... A, just an incredible amount of flexibility for different products, for different uh, diameters, um, all sorts of things. So uh, that's one thing that really is uh, quite attractive within the flexibility aspect. And on top of that, uh, kind of what I talked about, while it's in, since it's in the controller, um, you can also change safety zones, right? So let's say um, you're working in this area and, you know, area zone one, or and then you need to change it to zone two, then you can quickly go programmatically and change the zones around. Or if you're in a robotic cell, you can say, all right, I added a new portion to where this robot's picking up. Um, and all of a sudden, you don't have to rewire a whole bunch or lay a bunch of hard lines down if on like a palletizing robot because um, there's safe position, right? So one of the ideas with safe position is if you walk into a robotic cell, it can just avoid you. Right? It doesn't have to get near you, so you're still safe. And so let's say all of a sudden I have two people in there, then I can add that one. Or if I add another forklift area or you know an incoming conveyor, then instead of having to run a new line about where that safe position is, I can just programmatically add it in. So 
the the amount of flexibility in the system is is really incredible being able to communicate all over ethernet ip yeah and i think that's important what you're hitting on there with the flexibility i think unfortunately a lot of people have uh when they hear safety it's a little bit of a dirty word uh in the facility you know they kind of think oh it's safety that means i'm gonna have to hard guard something that means Mm -hmm. no one's gonna be able to get in as far as maintenance goes it's gonna cause downtime my operators aren't familiar with how this new machine is going to be operating now Mm -hmm. so May That may have been in the past, but as you kind of just laid out for us, there's even just in the motion segment, there's a ton of new things that we can do as far mm-hmm. as producti- productivity gains um, just from implementing new safety systems and how you get there. Because right now, you know, there's so many, if I was someone uh, who was in charge of being in the safety plant, I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, holy mm-hmm. crap. You know, you've got ISO and ANSI standards. Which one do you follow? Does your company have a preference? Does your company already have a understanding of how they're supposed to get through and uh, maybe do an assessment on this, right? So there's a ton of <laughs> That's one of the first questions I always get. <laughs> right. How do I know? Yeah. Right. How do I know I'm even doing it right? Because, huh. you know, that, that, that person knocking on your door could be OSHA, and then it's a bit of an issue because they got to prove what you did. Mm-hmm. And you got to prove why you did was smart. So huh. coming with that, having a new safety system not only allows you to cover yourself from an OSHA perspective, but it also is going to be able to allow you to get productivity gains in every sector, not just the motion and robotics, but there's tons mm-hmm. of the motion and robotics. So that's what we found whenever we get involved with um, companies who are taking safety seriously, they gain a lot of productivity from it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. And kind of to your point of the hard guarding, uh, one, one of the kind of cool things I, I always found really fascinating within, within the safety world is, um, and you see this a lot within the collaborative robots for that. So for you guys that don't know, the collaborative is basically collaborative means it collaborates with humans. So you can actually walk up to it at any time and kind of touch it. So one of the like features and you kind of see it bleeding into the regular robotic side of things is, um, they'll have like a normal speed. And then let's say you stay, they have like safety zone areas, so you can use like the Alan Bradley safety zone scanner. Yep. Quinn, Quinn knows more about that than I do. But uh, so if someone gets within a certain distance, and you can configure that distance based on your safety assessment, um, you then can slow down the robot to a safe speed, and then it can dynamically go slower and slower based on how close you get. And then, um, I mean, in a lot of robotic companies are starting to build this in. Denso, for example, uh, I work with them on a semi-regular basis, and that's something they have within their safety system. Um, and then anyway, so you can have that with a safety scanner, but maybe that's too complex for you. You can start out with a safety mat. Or the moment I step on a safety mat and it's a certain distance away, I want it to go to a safe speed. Um, and then when it gets to a certain distance, maybe you're nervous. Maybe there's something really sharp on the end of that robot. Like if you have a saw blade on the end of a robot at eye level, there's no safe distance, really. It's it's all going to be unsafe. So maybe you get within a certain distance, you have to you have to shut it down. So um, there are, I mean, not every example. It, it's a case-by-case sort of thing, right? Um, but yeah, so... To your point about the hard guarding, I just think it's cool those safety systems are able to dynamically change as opposed to having to change hard guards around. And not only that, it looks a lot less cumbersome and more of open open floor plan sort of a thing. But <laughs> but I mean I I mean I see I mean how many times have you seen a guy accidentally trip a a, a light curtain and it all of a sudden the whole machine shuts down i've done it on accident I, i'm sure you oh, oh yeah i've accidentally done it as well <laughs> in a customer. oh oh absolutely I've, oh, absolutely no. not that i it's been a while since i've done it but i remember the like the first like 10 plans i went into when i started i was i'd like like lean my head in to look into a machine boom light curtain right away <laughs> and so i can only imagine people walking around every day just like an yeah. elbow swings into a light curtain and it stops yeah, yeah. Right? as opposed to you know let's say that light curtain's still there but instead of yeah, triggering a stop it just slows down and the moment you're out of the light curtain it, it kicks back up like that'd be so much faster and efficient and you wouldn't have to require regular maintenance and that's kind of that that in the load that goes mind. into that too to start it back up yeah sure. exactly 
Yeah, exactly. And you that's something brings up, right? Safe stop calculations. So mm-hmm. maybe that's one of those things where you can do a safe stop calculation and you realize that it doesn't automatically need to uh, stop as soon as you break that light curtain. Maybe it mm-hmm. can slow down. And by the time uh, your appendage can reach that mm-hmm. uh, part of the moving machine, it's slow enough already. So like you said, there's a lot of really cool things you can do with it. Yeah. And even if it's something not as maybe you can't, you do want to come to a complete stop, but but you want, but you can actually control the acceleration safely. So that's one thing. So instead of saying, "All right, maybe we can't do a safe stop, but we can accelerate um, a very controlled way," maybe it's a lot of inertia. Maybe there's a lot of I don't know, like bottles with liquid on your on your conveyor, sure. or whatever it is. You know, there we can. There's more than just safe speed. So I mean, we have all the categories of stops: stops uh, zero, one, two. Um, there's safe brake control. There's all sorts of uh, really cool features that are kind of built in there. And I mean, a lot of other companies have these too, so it's not incredible. And that's kind of why I really like the Alan Bradley solution is because the the flexibility that that we that we allow. And yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, most most of these plants probably care more about the productivity than they think about maybe saving lives sometimes. So like, it's a good point. How now we can actually make them more productive and you know, by the way, it can save limbs <laughs> yeah. and lives. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and sometimes that's really how they have to justify the cost, unfortunately. Cause I mean, it, You're it, right. I mean, granted the safety systems are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Like I think the, I think I saw something around like the L eight controller with safety. I thought was cheaper than even any L seven or something like that. Bill mentioned something about that, our PLC specialist, but, um, so yeah, they're, they're dropping the price of safety all the time. Um, and so like the Kinetics 5700, which is the newest with safety, so it's they came up with a new family of that. Um, it's just a tiny bit of an adder um, to go from the just a safe torque off version um, to a full-on safety features all in there. Um, and even with the Kinetics 5500, so that doesn't have like a lot of the safety functions, but you can do safe torque off over Ethernet. So again, you don't have to hardwire it, but you also have the hardwired option. The over Ethernet version is the same price as the hardwired. So they're trying to make it as economic as possible. And even within the controllers, they're adding more safety into the compact logics. So you can get it in smaller and smaller platforms. Um, and then I forgot where I was going with that one. But uh, so, and even with those controllers, it's becoming more common to add more and more things. So kind of the way that a lot of controllers are just almost de facto have motion. I mean, again, we still have the ER controllers out there, not all of them are ERM, but we kind of see it going that way. And I think that's the safety is the next thing that's going to be added on. It might even precede the motion in there, but. So let's name talking all about that. Now we already like, you know, we sold safety, right? We, that's, that's done. done. Like everyone that's yeah. listening to this podcast is already like, you know, <laughs> they're making a whole like budget Preaching for the this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's one thing uh, that you saw at TechEd that you haven't talked about so far in this podcast that is, is what's new to help them be flexible and implement into yeah. their safety program? So there's, there was a, actually a piece of software I thought was really, really cool. Um, it was from... It, it was a company called Emulate 3D, and uh, so actually we don't get any finders from this. Uh, they don't go through distributors; they sell direct. But um, the, I thought it was just really cool, and I and so I actually had a customer ask specifically, "Hey, hey Nathan, how? What do do you are, do? You have any software that can emulate basically the logics that I have in my my controller that can then I can then actually implement like my SolidWorks file or my Inventor file into." A physical space and connect a motor up and then actually run my software on that motor to actually commission something before I ever have to actually go on the plant floor and commission it. And I, and I was like, 
Well, we have virtual objects, right? We have virtual chassis. You can run virtual axes, and you can kind of check, you know, the motion profiles within a graph um, of that. And we've always kind of had that in the Island Bradley side. But then I was like, but then they're also like, oh, then we also went back off, and we went this, and we went this. It's like, uh-oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'd never heard of such a thing. And I actually searched for several months, but then I stumbled upon it at TechEd. And so it was Emulate 3D, and yeah, that's exactly what they do. So they can... Uh, you can take your SolidWorks file in. They also have pre-configured things. They also have robots in there. Um, and then you can run your Allen Bradley chassis straight to the Ethernet of your computer where you can see this, basically your physical axis moving, whether it's, you know, for in my world, the lead screw that's moving, your conveyor is indexing, your robots doing certain positions. Um, and so you can actually check your code. And it was actually kind of cool. You could see him pull that Ethernet code out of that con- Ethernet cord out of, the, out of the controller, and then the simulation on the computer stopped. Um, and then they plugged it back in. They had to hit a reset button on the simulation, and then it started back up. And it was it was really really cool thing to see. And one of their big selling points was uh, basically one of the big things when you're building a system as an OEM or as an integrator, you design the whole system. Like usually, let's say your building phase or your design phase went a little bit over time. You know, okay, now your building phase went a little bit over time. There's stuff that came in late, all sorts of things. All of a sudden, you're putting it on the plant floor, and then everyone gets pushed on to the commissioning time putting in your code they're like you should have had your code made right and so commissioning the code all of a sudden gets squeezed into way less time than you had planned and so this can actually start that commissioning closer to the design phase once you start having basically all the solidworks file before you even start making the actual physical components you can have it all made up in your in your emulate 3d software and you can start doing that uh and you can start commissioning your code and so then by the time you get there it should be i mean debugging is a long process so maybe there's a few little bugs but there's far fewer and it's almost done and so i think it's in terms of a time integration it can greatly save on time greatly save on stress i can't tell you how many integrators have come up to me like oh man i worked uh (laughs) i worked 90 hours last week i worked 100 hours last week because we couldn't get this thing commissioned in time or you know there's just just endless number of bugs and it's i just see that as such a huge advantage for some of our integrators um and on top of that, some of the cool um, features that maybe they don't, they kind of think are cool or would maybe help on their selling point to their customers is it also has like VR capabilities and augmented. I'm not sure it has augmented, but at least had VR capabilities. Yeah. So you could go into that plant for actually like kind of, um, you know, walk around, look at the line, see how the code is running with it. So I think that'd be. Um, Maybe that could be a step above. So I know there's like field commissioning and then there's like uh, within their own facility commissioning. I don't remember the, the different acronyms. Someone out there, I'm sure, is, is screaming it into their into their headphones. But yeah, so this could be maybe a step between there or a step below. That would just be kind of almost a selling point, if you will. But I Look thought that, that was awesome. <clears throat> Living, according to his name, the solution consultant, mm-hmm. uh, talking about stuff that goes along with the the whole, you know, solution that could possibly go into a planning if we sell it or not Mm -hmm. love it um okay well let's get to uh austin here how do we how can you even determine you know where customers need to go uh for a safety program right what do you have to do first to even know like hey they're here where do (laughs) they need to go yeah great question so uh let me see i probably can't even count the amount of customers that have probably asked me some form of that question where do i even start so, i get the same one yeah yeah exactly like how so do the i customers even start are asking that they're like w- okay, yes i'm in but yeah what the hell now yeah <laughs> right yeah i know i need safe speed but how fast can i go or how right. far away do i have to put that safety curtain and how do i make sure that my uh, sign off on this isn't going to get me in trouble yeah. if she ever comes knocking <laughs> yeah so this, that's all a very valid question. Um, one of the things that uh, we have through AIM Services is uh, something we call our safety assessment. 
Uh, and there's a couple different uh, flavors that come with that, um, but our most common is our basic safety assessment and our team-based risk assessment. So what we do with those is we'll go through based off of uh, what standard you'd like. We help you pick out which standard, whether it's ISO or ANSI or any of which ones you're looking for. And then based off of that risk assessment, we'll follow that procedure then to evaluate all of your uh, machines on their plant floor, whatever ones you want. You know, we can do one machine and you have 20 of these machines, right? So then you can go and replicate it on each one of those machines. Um, or maybe we do a machine that's a scaled down version of uh, a larger machine and help you build up from there. Um, but what we'll do is uh, document all the participants that are in that uh, with us. So typically we want you know operations, maintenance, we want engineering, we want a good uh, variety of people who all work on this machine. Um, and then we'll go through and identify um, any of your primary hazards and tasks. We'll pair those up together. Um, what's your risk in versus risk out rating, right? So how severe is it um, when you're going in and then how severe is it when we fixed it? And then recommendations for safety improvements. So maybe that takes the place of protective garden, electrical safety controls, pneumatic fluid power, anything along those lines. So basically what this safety assessment does for you is it helps you uh, understand where you are today, what you need to do, and gives you a basis of understanding where you can springboard from from there. And actually, that kind of reminds me, during uh, that Safety U event we had a couple months ago, it reminded me, so on that team uh, assessment, one of the things that seems a little counterintuitive is on top of that that team, you always want like a newer maintenance guy, mm -hmm. the guy that hasn't been there 20 years and knows every ins huh. and out. And, and it seems a little counterintuitive, but it, it kind of goes back to they were talking about, uh, Dave Rasmussen brought up like, oh yeah, they're on the team, and the he asked about like, oh, what about if someone walks past? there and the old the old Absolutely. maintenance guy would why would i do that get me hurt and you know and the, and yeah, was, the new guy doesn't know that yeah he's like oh I, yeah. I i would have i would have done that uh, right. so, so far as and then someone the goes and does it right in front of them yeah yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes it's good to have a little bit of new blood in there to see hey you know sometimes safety be, you've seen something happen so you know not to do it but those people that haven't seen anything happen you have to mitigate for that too i mean i mean you can only go so far to mitigate stupidity um but i mean right it's, it's, it's all it's, of us are stupid at some point oh. in our lives it doesn't matter how smart you are and so you're right you have to you have to plan for even the smartest people to be as stupid as possible even the most diligent among us yes <laughs> so has a has a lax day every once in a while i mean even i have a day where i'm not that smart i, I know it's unbelievable <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's an acceptable level of risk. Unfortunately, that's what it comes down to. You're never going to be able to get rid of that human element. So you've got to define what's my acceptable level of risk and then how do I get there? Because mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. If you have a new operator on the plant floor, you know, in a lot of these places, maybe they're harsh environments that they're working in. So the operator turnover can be quite a bit. So you're constantly working with new guys. That's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. So all that sounds amazing, but it sounds a little intimidating, right? That's a lot, right? So oh, if you create this assessment, like I remember uh, Nate was talking about, you know, how, there's a way to create this or implement this so it doesn't like shut down a plant forever, right? Like, is there a possibility to do that? Because it does sound like a lot. You have this whole assessment. How do you actually implement it without screwing up everything that they have in the plant? Right, exactly. So going through and actually implementing it once you have a plan is the hard part. Uh, there's a bit of a safety life cycle is what we call it, and we can uh, help you uh, through that entire safety life cycle, us and Rockwell uh, together, and we can do all of the integration for you. Uh, we can do all the validation, and we can put a stamp on it right at the end if you would like, or we can do one piece, right? Maybe you know how to implement it. You go through, do the implementation, and then we put the stamp on it at the end. It says Rockwell validation, so when OSHA does come knocking at your door, it's, hey, look, I've got my stamp from Rockwell. I'm certified. I'm good to go, and you're in the clear. That's all it takes is a stamp from Rockwell and us. <laughs> so, yeah, so kind of going off of that, right, so we, we brought up that word AIM, 
Um, yeah, what maybe, does that mean? Yeah, kind of kind of go off of that, right? So uh, let me let me paint you a little bit of a picture here. So to start, uh, lots of our manufacturers. This is today, a podcast, by the way. You can't you can't do visuals. <laughs> <though. laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. A I'm thinking picture. of in the room. So yeah. let me let me paint picture. you a visual you gotta, picture. You got to visual picture. Paint an audio <laughs> an audio picture. <laughs> yes. Let me paint you an audio slash visual picture, depending upon uh, how much you're visioning in your mind right now. Yeah. So uh, lots. Yeah, use your imagination. Lots of manufacturers. So, right. So, when we go into a facility, um, basically, they know they need to improve. They know that their uh, competitors, especially, are improving, and maybe they don't understand where they're at today or how they need to improve. And on top of that, they're always being asked to do more with less, right? So, we always see the workforce is shrinking. And when someone leaves, they're not being replaced, and they're just being told, hey, you're going to pick that up and continue to do his job plus yours. Um, we're also seeing re- resources as far as hardware, capital budgets, that's decreasing. And we're also seeing, you know, they want them to use less energy and become self-sustainable at some point. So these are all things we're seeing across all of our customers, whether they're OEMs, system integrators, uh, you know, contractors, things of that nature. So each company, each one of those has a unique need as well. So AIM Services, what we kind of believe and why the reason we created it um, to come about was we know each one of you have a unique need in this, and we want to make sure that we help you reach um, the definition of your path and what your modernization path would be effectively. So that's kind of why, you know, what, what we do. But how are we actually going to do that? So we have something that we've uh, spent a lot of time um, creating and coming up with what we think would look best um, as far as calling our modernization assessment, right? Um, Let's back up. What's modernization? So modernization... It's a fancy word for something. It is a fancy word. So modernization can mean a lot of different things, right? So it depends on where you're at in your life cycle. So unfortunately, what we see a lot of times, plants and facilities think, hey, you know, I'm at uh, point D on my life cycle to getting modernized. But in reality, maybe they're at point A, unfortunately, right? And they don't see that or don't understand that because they're not on the plant floor every day, um, depending upon who you're talking to. So what does modernization mean? Modernization can mean anything from your automation capabilities on your plant floor, uh, maybe your life cycle status. What's your uh, network look like right now? Do you even have a network? Is your network uh, future-proofed, right? So you talk about all the IP addresses that are on the plant floor today, how much were even five years ago versus today. Are they um, all VLAN'd out? Are they all redundant? You know, There's exactly. a lot of things that can go into the network resiliency. Exactly. So how are you making sure that your network is running well today? And if it's not, getting it there. And then after that, how are you going to future-proof that network? moving into the future. Um, install product vitality. That's a fancy word for what's life cycle of your uh, product on your plant floor, right? So do you know where it is? Great. If you do, do you also know what your critical path is based off of the life cycle of your stuff? Do you have 20-year-old equipment out there running your most important processes? If that goes down, how are you getting it replaced? Um, and then some of the other things we can do is preventative maintenance. So checklists, things of that nature. So do you have a checklist currently? If you do, great. How effective is it? You know, are your guys actually following along with it, or you mean like a procedural checklist? Sure, it could be anything from lockout, tagout, procedural checklist. Could be going through um, your machine and maybe making the motor, walking through stuff along those lines. How closely is that being followed? Okay. Um, and then you know, the last one, which is maybe one of the top two that we run into, is personnel and training capabilities. So we, you know, everyone's heard the the phrase, right? The silver tidal wave. You know, in the next five years to ten years tops, we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys who've been um, and gals who've been working in these manufacturing facilities for ten, twenty, thirty years that have all of this. Uh, knowledge, you know, they can walk up to a machine and listen to it and know by the hum of it if it's running right or not, you know, and they can go out and then fix it based off of that. You, that that's a lot of experience in that facility that's going to be walking out the door in five to 10 years. And with him not, him or her not being replaced, maybe, 
or if they are being replaced, they're being replaced with someone who unfortunately doesn't have anywhere near the experience that they have. Um, that leaves a lot of the manufacturing facilities in a sticky situation, right? So that's the other thing, part of our modernization assessment. So that's all a lot. Basically what it, we want it to be is it's a holistic look at um, your entire facility and everything that goes into it. That's kind of what we spent the last few months on developing and understanding what that needs to look like for the facilities. And actually kind of on your, your silver tidal wave uh, kind of idea, it kind of reminds that whole humming. Because mm -hmm. actually one of the, the features that Rockwell's coming out with in a couple of years is uh, actually analytics within the drive. So right now we have like load observer which uh, and with adaptive notch. So one of, like the adaptive notch, for example, will actually um, listen to the frequency and it'll feel the frequency that's um, of the resonance that's coming back on right. the servo drive, and it'll tune out the highest uh, frequency. Because a lot of the times, um, even after a motor's been running there for you know 10, 15 years perfectly, all of a sudden something can change within the system. Maybe it's uh, your your bearings go out a little bit, and all of a sudden the harmonics hit just right, so there's a frequency starts causing hay haywire. So all of a sudden this software then can then tune that out, and so you don't need that super experienced guy. And and Rockwell's doing that same thing. With a lot of their products, a lot more condition monitoring um, so that you don't need that guy that knows every little nut and bolt on that machine like 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 he knows his own family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, um, I mean, I think isn't that kind of the direction they're going with Project CEO and, and, and Sherlock and all that sort of thing? I, I, I can't say I'm an expert on all that, but I, I think that's kind of the direction they're going. So they have a plan for it, I believe. A absolutely. And that's, that's one of the main reasons that uh, AIM was kind of created, right? We need to... We understand that to be these solution consultants to our customer, we have to understand their needs like it's our own facility, and we have to be able to go out and diagnose that facility based off of those understandings. So that's the ultimate goal of AIM, right, is we want to understand what our customers' needs are. We want to help them figure out where they are on their path, and then, you know, how are we going to be able to move forward once we have that path planned out. Um, there you go. That's the sales pitch, right? All right. Get them to their goal. He's a better sales exactly. to their aim. That's where the name <laughs> exactly. came from. Exactly. Get you to your guy. aim. What's it, what's your aim and how are we going to get you there? So we always say that the customers, um, they know they want to get to this modernization, right? We always say that. And do they? And it sounds expensive. Yeah, ex exactly. So, you know, looking Hate to be at the it devil's advocate over here. No, absolutely. I mean, these are all questions that I would have as well if I was running a facility or in the position. So it sounds expensive, right? Uh, so a good question uh, to follow back on that is how expensive is it going to be if you don't do it? If you sit back and, you know, let your competitors get that leg up on you and you sit back and continue not to innovate, continue not to include all of your safety and productivity. If you don't modernize. If you don't modernize any then, of this stuff, you know, your competitors are actively investing in it. So unfortunately... Um, you know, it's it's one of those where kind of evolve or die. Yeah, and to the modernization point, and like, what 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 will it cost? And I mean, one of our customers had a very real lesson with that. Like, we had uh, we had started working on a modernization plan with them. I wasn't directly involved with this, but uh, I think it was like a 25 year old controller, a PLC two or five or something like that. And they needed it next day because it was uh, it was absolutely crucial line in their plan. And all of a sudden, I think they paid something like twenty thousand dollars for it. A little controller that could they could have they could have replaced you know a month back system. planned it right so not planning something you can plan schedules around it you can save a lot of money by planning your downtime and if they had gotten that in they I mean they could have 
that would have paid for their entire upgrade right there, or at least a good portion of it. Oh, exactly. And, you know, the other thing that comes along is that when you're talking modernization, everyone always thinks, okay, it's going to cost me, you know, $20,000 to upgrade, upgrade and modernize my system. Um, and they have kind of the understanding that this is going to be the same system and it's going to be working the same way. When, in fact, when you modernize, it opens up a whole new door to different things you can get from that entire system, whether that's analytics, whether that's understanding how your machine's running, you know, a million different things that you can do now before that you weren't able to, and it's cheaper. Yeah, the technology's been able to push things faster and faster, and, and with, even with processing capabilities, with the, the amount of stuff we can do that we can do back then is just incredible. And like you said, that twenty thousand dollars one controller that wasn't the whole system, and so exactly. I mean, yeah. So the payback's incredible. Well, these two, as you can tell, can talk forever, but we got to end it eventually. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys one last question. I need to answer it with one word. Um, okay, uh, Austin. In one word, why a safety assessment or why a modernization assessment? Let's do modernization. Why modernization assessment? Uh, I would say going off of safety and modernization, it'll work for both, but trust. In your facility, if you have a group of individuals who are working for you and see that you're modernizing the facility and they're go you're going out of your way to provide a good working environment for them, there's going to be that trust for them, and they're going to want to work harder for you. That's proven. You can go look at many case studies on that. So that's one word I'd choose. Man, that was good. Nate, you're up. Is it the same question? No, no. Oh, that's okay. too easy. Oh, okay. I was like, it's on the same lines. Okay, so that's why an assessment. Why actually, why actually implement? A safety program. Money. <laughs> Isn't that what production comes down to? So money. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. So like I, like I talked about. Good. Like, I can't. Uh, well, like, like I talked about, increased production, right? You're not stopping. You're, you're increasing your production. That's just more money there. And on top of that, um, you have these safety things and things. You're saving. I mean, it's essentially like an insurance policy sort of a thing. Like right now, let's say you, you're not all... All your tags aren't on your your systems. People pa bypass your lockout tag out. That's on the employer. That's not on that person. They, you know, they lose a finger. They lose something. That's that's a lot of money out of the employee's pocket. So that it's worth their money um, and even their work environment. It, I mean, you want workers feel better in places that are safer. I mean, that's a fact. So they're going to work harder. I, I, I've seen some statistics. I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head. But, yeah, workers will work harder if they feel they're in a safer environment. So that's better production for you. Um, you're going to have probably less turnover with the customers on top of the increased production from the machine itself. Um, and so, yeah, just money. Next time we'll get our interns on those numbers next time on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I agree. That's awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for being here. This is, uh, again, well, I'm Justin Brunken, uh, the ridiculous host for this Connect Together podcast. Uh, we have Nate uh, from our CED uh, locations here in Nebraska, specializing in motion control, uh, robotics, and vision. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. And then we also have Austin here from our CED locations here in Nebraska, uh, dominating AIM services. Uh, new role. Hope it goes well. Oh, it will. We're excited to start. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, up until next time, we'll be talking a lot more about what people saw at RS Tech Ed or Tech Ed, whatever it's called. I forgot where Rockwell's calling it nowadays. Um, but thanks so much for being here. Uh, hope you guys learned a lot about safety, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. See you. Thanks again for listening um, and joining us for the last uh, 40 minutes or so. Uh, this again is Justin Brunken. I'm your host for all these different episodes. 
Um, I'm out of Lincoln, Nebraska, but um, the Industrial Solutions Network is all over the country. You can find more about Industrial Solutions Network at cedindustrialsolutions.com. Now, this is the industrial division of CED, but have so many different DBAs all over the country. Uh, in California, it's the Royal Industrial Solutions. Up in the Northwest, it's CES. We have Keith Lee Patterson in Arkansas, CED in Nebraska, Georgia, Kentucky, ENH in Kentucky, Renson House in Kansas, in Missouri, Baldwin Hall up in New York, Mosba in Tri State up in uh, the Pennsylvania area. So many. And, uh, you can always find this podcast on either SoundCloud or iTunes. It's called Connect Together by the Industrial Solutions Network. Until next time, we'll talk. We'll continue to do these. We'll talk more about what's new in manufacturing and connecting the plant and process and all that good stuff. We'll talk then. See you. Bye. <laughs>